I do want to ask you about how much you can say about how you interpreted the film and what the big question you had was. Because I think that the film very importantly has an awful lot of scope for people to read their own experiences into it. So Maggie Gyllenhaal said in that interview that what she got from the story was the feeling of, of hearing something expressed that she understood that was being said out loud for the first time. And that lovely thing when she says, okay, you can read it in a book on your own, but if you make it into a film, then it's something that you can experience with other people. What would that be like? Does this thing which has been un, untalked about, unwritten about? And what, the way I interpreted that was the central line um, about Olivia Coleman's character, Leda, saying that she's an unnatural mother. So what I saw in the film was the story of the older Leda, uh, Olivia Coleman. The first time you see her, she arrives on this, uh, looks like an idyllic place. You know, she, she arrives there, the Ed Harris character, weather looks beautiful. She finds her space on the beach. She has a book. She's, you know, she's content. But there are bugs in this Garden of Eden. There is a huge bug that comes in through the window that looks like something from Guillermo del Toro's mm -hmm. Mimic. There is uh, this swarm of people that suddenly arrive from Queens and break up the tranquility of what she thought was going to be a kind of, you know, lovely solitude. And then all the way through, there are her own memories of her own past. And crucially, what happens is she sees another character. She sees Dakota Johnson's character with a young girl. And Dakota Johnson is obviously struggling to deal with, with the young girl. And then the young girl disappears. Suddenly they're calling on the beach. What, you know, where is she? Where is she? Where is she? And what the film tells you, but without somebody actually spelling it out is, okay, this is striking a chord with Olivia Coleman. We are going to talk past the news. But what's really fascinating is, okay, but what's the reaction? Because Olivia Coleman is looking at something that, that in my mind, reminds her of something in, in her own past that then leads her back into her own past in which she's played by Jesse Buckley. And incidentally, she's played by Jesse Buckley as almost a different character. Because although Jesse Buckley is a younger version of Leda, they seem to be two different characters, but it doesn't matter because it's almost like there are two different people coexisting within one person, the past and the present the real and the imagined, the, the, the dream life and the real life. And I actually quite like the fact that they didn't match up. Now I can hear the, uh, the synthesized sound of the news Sim music Simple coming Minds in. are playing again. They are. So thank you very much, Jim. If you can just hold off the new gold dream for just a second while I say, after the news, you and I are going to talk as much as you can do about what you thought was happening. Well, the, the, the trouble is, as because I mean, Maggie Gyllenhaal was saying, well, what, what, uh, what's your problem? And I said, well, I can't say because no. that's what people are going to debate. No, so I'm going to ask you to be uh, inventive about it because I think it's really fascinating that we've both seen the same film, but we haven't both seen the same film. So to finish what I was saying, so I, you know, for me, the, the thing that's really impressive about the film is it's a story about a woman who is looking back to her past about which she has very conflicted feelings because she had conflicted feelings about motherhood, which is something that, as Maggie Gyllenhaal said, is not something that you're meant to talk about. Mm. You're supposed to be a natural mother, but she describes herself as an unnatural mother. And 
there is a very strange two-way relationship between her and this young woman that she sees on the beach who is clearly struggling with her daughter. And part of it is that the young woman on the beach looks at Olivia Coleman, and it's almost as if, am I seeing myself in the future? And Olivia Coleman looks at the woman on the beach played by um, Dakota Johnson and wonders whether she is going through what she went through. But what's fascinating is it's not just simply... And this is why it's so important that when Maggie Gyllenhaal said she's not crazy, it's not about a crazy woman. It absolutely isn't. What it's about is somebody haunted by their past decisions, but not necessarily haunted in a way which means that they instinctively regret them, but they're conflicted about them. And I thought the reason that that was fascinating was, for me, the big comparison here are the films of Francois Ozon, because I thought there was a, there was so much of the atmosphere of Ozon's film, the whole thing about the beach setting, the idea that at any moment you feel like the sea could come and strip away the sand and under the sand would be these jagged rocks. The whole film has a sense of impending cataclysm, impending dread. You feel like there's a secret buried that is about to be revealed, and yet it never quite is because it is there already for all to see. I think it's beautifully shot by Ellen Navarre. I think it has a fantastic uh, score by Dick and Hinchliffe, who said that Maggie Gyllenhaal had um, asked him to, to make it sound like a lost recording, like a lost vinyl recording. And I love that idea that the film has a kind of memory element to it, like it's a remembered tune that you don't remember hearing the first time round, but you know that it's from the past. And for me... Ozon is definitely the key because it's that sense that there's something just, just below the surface and any minute now it's going to be revealed. And one of my favourite things about it is that Olivia Coleman doesn't say very much, nor does she make great big grand gestures, but the camera looks at her and you see this raging dialogue going, you know, going on. And I also thought that Jesse Buckley did a really good job of portraying somebody who is at the end of their tether, but also spying a way out. So now I want to ask you, because I think, I think the film is so open to interpretation, mm -hmm. without spoiling anything. Well, that's the thing. I know. Can you <clears throat> say anything about what... Because you, well, you sent me a charismatic, an enigmatic text which said, nobody and nothing are what they say. Well, you do get that feeling, which is what you were alluding to. Yes. I'm just looking at this list of people who are in the movie, that Olivia Coleman, Jesse Buckley, Dakota Johnson, Ed Harris, Peter Sarsgaard, Paul Mendes, they all portray a particular... Uh, they have a way of presenting their character. Yes. But as the movie goes on, you're thinking, hmm, can we trust that person? Can we... Oh, are yeah. They, are you actually who you say you are? Are you, are you the person that we originally thought you were in the first 20 minutes, 30 minutes? And... And central to that is the thing that Olivia Coleman says, you know, I have two daughters. So the title, the title of the movie is The Lost Daughter. So who is The Lost Daughter? Which is, cut, which, which is a neat way of saying that's really what, where the discussion is as far as we're concerned. So from what, and I'm just basing this on what you've said, yeah. that Olivia Coleman could be The Lost Daughter. Maybe she has The Lost Daughter. Maybe we've just seen A Lost Daughter in the, in the telling um, of the story. Maybe it's all of them, maybe it's none of them. Maybe it is literally the daughter on the beach who gets lost. Maybe yes. it's it's that literal. Maybe, maybe it's that literal, but that would be surprising if it was. Um, and also, I think 
Well, it's very, it's very. I, th I think it, it's unsettling, in as and that feeling of not being very sure escalates as as it goes through the film. Yes. So you start, you start thinking, oh, this is going to be one kind of story, and then, yep. it, and then it definitely takes a twist. I was thinking, how nice to see Ed Harris again. Yeah, I haven't seen him in a movie for a very long time. Uh, I bet he's having a fine time uh, doing, you know, do, doing this movie. Yes, and you admire Jesse Buckley, and you think, yes, she's nothing like Olivia Coleman. Um, and it's, when you put the pieces, they don't quite go together. You know, so the yes. jigsaw doesn't work in the same way that Jesse Buckley and Olivia Coleman yeah. don't quite go together. Right down to the fact that their accents, it's like they. And of course, it's interesting if you read the notes. She didn't. They neither of them watched the other one's performance. So it's almost like they deliberately played them as two separate people. Also, she might not be, and this is from what Maggie Gyllenhaal was saying, she might not be, it was very important that she's not a crazy woman. Yes. But she does some crazy things, she, which is not the same. She, she, does, she some, does not behave in a, quote, normal way. Some of the decisions she makes in the movie, some of the way she behave, behaves in the movie are distinctly odd. Yes, and and you are left wondering exactly why she did this mm -hmm. central thing. There's also, it's worth saying, one of the scenes in the film that really pierced me was she goes to watch a, a revival movie screening and she's really enjoying it. And then these very rowdy boys come in and sit at the front and everyone's just, okay, let's just not do anything because you've already been told that there are bad people. There are bad people that you don't want to mess with. And Olivia Coleman is sitting there getting more and more annoyed, and then she stands up and she starts yelling at them. Quite rightly. Yes, but you but it didn't every atom of your being mm. go, sit down, sit leave, don't, just stop, just don't do what you're doing now. I mean, I I, th I thought in terms of the, the the kind of the eruption of buried stuff, that scene in the in when she, when they're watching the movie when she loses the plot, was really telling. And yet, it's a very incidental detail. On the subject of Peter Sarsgaard, I was extravagantly handsome. It's the extravagantly handsome Peter Sarsgaard. I do think. I mean, that's the only reason why it's relevant to the fact that they're married, is the fact that she directed her husband in a in a sex scene with Jesse Buckley. I know that's a very unusual kind of situation to be in so anyway she said no he had to be irresistible and you can see exactly why and i've suddenly noticed peter sarsgaard cropping up in all kinds of things as is the the way of his and i was watching dope sick which is this drama on disney plus michael keaton is the is the kind of the most famous and he's the executive producer on it which okay is the oxycontin purdue farmer uh disaster uh the opioid epidemic in america and Peter Sarsgaard is oh, suddenly. I've been watching this all the time. That's Peter Sarsgaard. Look, he's still <laughs> extravagantly handsome. None more so in the Lost Daughter. Anyway, I'm sure this debate will uh, will continue.